And I would tell everybody who's a race director, go run Holland Haven or go volunteer at Holland Haven because Eddie does a lot of cool stuff and you're going to want to take back all those things to oh, your own. Thanks. So I mean it. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's just great. You do a wonderful thing. Not- Welcome to the 2021 season of Run My West Coast. I am your host, Eddie Klein. Run My West Coast is a podcast for runners interested in Holland Haven Marathon and running in West Michigan. So what we got going on today in this episode is we're going to talk about a couple things. We did an economic impact report on Holland Haven back in 2019. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And we also got an interview with a good friend of mine who's a runner and race director named Mandy Kitchen. And she actually gave me the title of this episode just by some stuff she said in an interview about how after a 5K, we pigged out on brunch and called it Fatter Days. Now, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but you'll hear it straight from Mandy and see uh, exactly what I'm talking about when she tells the story of how her and her friends uh, would run a 5K and what they did. But first, let's get into this economic impact report. I had this report done in 2019 after our 2019 event, and it's really a good way to show how a race has an has an impact on a city and a county, city of Holland and Ottawa County. What we had in 2019 was 1,250 runners registered. And this year we had 1,300, so very similar. Same with the, we had 61% female, 39% male, very similar to 2021. Uh, 2019, we had 36 states out of 50 show up, plus Canada. And this year, 30 out of 50, very close. And each year, we have a big no-show rate. So both in 2019 and 2021, about 1,050 runners actually made it to the race. So these numbers are going to be very similar to what we just had in 2021, except for one thing. There's actually been a pretty good inflation rate from 2019 to 21 of 7%. So I'm going to give some grand totals. And, and the biggest total and the biggest number that's pretty exciting for me is that half-million-dollar impact that we had. So in 2019, the Holland Haven Marathon had an economic impact of $487,500. And if you added that 7% on to 2021, we'd be at $521,000. So a huge impact on our community. Now I had this report done by Dr. Sean M. Rowland out of the Department of Economics at Kent State University. This was back in 2019, like I said. So I'm going to read some of this impact report, and we'll talk a little bit about it and what it does for the race. The study was conducted using data collected from post-race survey that was sent to all participants. An economic methodology was used to calculate the overall economic impact, both direct and indirect, of the Holland Haven Marathon on the local economy. The method begins with calculating the direct and indirect efforts by observing the cash flow from guests and non-local participants residing outside of Ottawa County, Michigan to determine how much economic activity is generated. The indirect component of the study measures the money multiplier effect. This is what occurs when money spent by a participant in Ottawa, then spent by that next person on a local transaction. So what they're kind of saying there is, it's not just the people that came to the race, but it's where that money came into the community and how it spread. So if you if you bought a hotel or bought a, a meal at a restaurant, you paid that business, they paid their employees, their employees went out and spent the money. So that money kind of circulates every time someone comes to our race from another area, not just the people that live here, but coming from out of town. 
Here's the next section. One of the largest economic drivers came from non-local participants for a total spending impact of 390600 including non-local guests and local import substitution, which determines how much local money stayed in the local economy. The total spending impact was almost a half a million dollars. Industries that received the highest amounts of spending were hotels, restaurants and bars, and car rentals. As a result of this spending, incomes of local residents increased by roughly $150,000 and created an employment impact of the equivalent of 5.48 full-time jobs. So, like I said, almost a half a million dollars back in 2019. And with inflation, this year our numbers being very similar, 2021, I'm sure we're well over that. And... We're bringing in hotel rooms. We're bringing in restaurants. We're getting car rentals. So all those businesses are getting impacted. That money's just spreading around. And finally, here's the little conclusion of this article. The Holland Haven Marathon has significant impact on increasing revenue and job creation in the local economy. The city benefits from gains in tax revenue consequent of the event, as well as local businesses from the additional spending revenue. Overall, the event is a positive and substantial investment in the local community. Additionally, Holland Haven Marathon has been a substantial economic benefit towards helping the community through this new inflow of money generated by those outside guests. In total, the event brought about 797 individuals to the area and had approximately a $487,500 impact on the local economy. In conclusion, hosting the Holland Haven Marathon is an effective way for the city of Holland to provide an enjoyable event for the community while also aiding local businesses and the economy. So I, I'm very proud of the fact that this is a community event, but we're bringing in people from outside our community. So we're actually not just giving our local runners a race and the, and the businesses, but man, it's just expanding everything and helping our whole community by, by one day, just one Sunday of the year, a half a million dollar impact on this city. So I think everybody who came and, and registered and spent their money and wanted to be part of it and really did make our community better just by coming into the city. It's, it's really cool to see that we're having that impact on our community, and I just love our runners for that. I really want to thank you for it. Our guest today is Mandy Kitchen. Mandy is a race director for the MetroWay 5K and the LightPoint 5K. And she's also a major staff member on the Grand Rapids Marathon. Uh, Mandy started running by beating all the boys in junior high. And she has run over 50 races, as you'll hear her talk about here in a little bit. So Mandy's been a longtime friend and someone I really love talking to. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. So let's get into it. Here's Mandy Kitchen. Mandy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have another guest on today and uh, talk about just running and especially West Michigan running because you are a runner, a race director, and a person that's been around running in West Michigan for a long time. So I think our listeners will really be interested in some things you have to say about what you've been doing and being involved in some of the running that's going on around here. So can we start a little bit with your background maybe and not from like when you were born, but like (laughs) when you started running where did your running journey start? Did you run in high school? Did you run in college? Did you just run for fun or friends? Guys, how did you get into being a runner in the first place? Where, where did it come from? I started running in seventh grade. Um, I was on the track team in seventh grade. 
Uh, my story that I always tell is I went to a small school in the country and um, the track coach was our gym teacher. The high school track coach was our gym teacher. She had us run a mile for gym class and you had to run down to the railroad tracks and back. And she had mapped that out as that was a mile. That was long before the days of GPS <laughs> watches and things like that. So she said, go down, run, you know, down and touch the railroad tracks and come back. And I'll know if you cut it short because you should have rust from the railroad tracks on your fingers when you come back. Oh. So we took off running and I ran down and ran back and I beat all of the boys. Oh, wow. And so then she looks at my hand and there's no rust on my fingers. And so she was like, yeah, you must have cut it short or you didn't go the right way. So you need to run it again. Now, if you know me, like I was a very, very much a rule follower in school. I would never cheat. I would never, you know, I always did exactly what the teacher said. So I was just so mad that she thought I would cheat. So then I was like, well, forget this lady. So I went back and did it again. And I did it even faster than I did the first time. Oh, really? So you were warmed up basically. Yeah. See, (laughs) see. So, and since she was the gym teacher for the seventh and eighth grade gym, but she was the high school track coach. She went to the junior high track coach and said, we got this girl who really can run the mile, so maybe you should put her on the team. So that's how I got started running. Oh my gosh, that is like almost the exact same story that I have. Oh, story. really? Yes. Oh, that's wild. Like I had to run a mile in like sixth grade gym class on the on the track. We didn't run to railroad tracks. We okay. actually, our school was a little more up, <laughs> upscale than that. Right, right. <laughs> Even though I lived in the country, but yeah, we had to run a mile and I think I ran the mile in like 545 or something. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, stone yeah. cold in sixth grade. So yep. they're like... You're going to be on the track team. Yep. And that's how I became a runner. Same exact kind of thing. Oh, that's why. Yeah, isn't that funny how we that We probably, a lot happens. of us that are listening have a story like that. That Yeah. Or it's something like, because this is true of me too, I wasn't coordinated. I mean, I tried to play volleyball and I was like the last person to go in because, you know, I could hit the ball, but there was no counting on what direction it was going to go in. <laughs> and I'm, that's the way I am to this day. I'm not very coordinated at all, but I can run in one direction for a long time. That's yeah. my skill. There you go. Hey, that's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. So... So then you, you started running in junior high track and then uh, through high school and everything? You through on? high school, sure. Um, I ran track and cross country in high school. And then I didn't run in college or anything like that. In fact, I was kind of sick of it by then. Had yeah. to take a little break. But, you know, it's one of those things that's tattooed on my heart. And so it came back for me. So I've been running for a long time. Yeah. So now that you're an adult and you've been running in, in your adult years, so if you've done some longer races, some shorter races, so like, how many, how many like big races have you done or what kinds of big races have you been involved well, in as, I, as a runner? Yeah, I listened to your last episode with Beth Nykirk and I was listening to her talk about her running journey and she mentioned that she did, I think, 11 half marathons and five marathons and I was trying to think. I've, I know I've done four marathons because how could you miscount that? Right. But I really don't know how many half marathons I've done. Just a lot. A lot. I mean, it's probably somewhere between... 50 and 75. Holy cow. It's a lot. Now, uh, where are, are these? Not all in Michigan, probably. Then you um, probably travel. Not in Michigan, yeah. Um, I kind of got the bug. Um, you know, years ago, I wanted to do the Riverbank Run, but we used to um, do a lot of work in the wintertime here in Michigan, so I'd be very busy and wouldn't have a lot of time to train. Yeah. So it didn't really work out timing-wise, but one of my friends said, oh, you could do Chicago Half Marathon which I, which is not the same day as the Chicago Marathon. Oh. It's a whole separate event. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like early September. So anyway, I was like, oh, this could be good. I could train all summer and, you know, do that. So that was like, gosh, 2005 maybe. 
So um, I kind of got the bug from that. Right. And, you know, there's been years where I did one half marathon a month. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm one of these people that might do one one weekend and do one the next weekend and do yeah. one the weekend after Just that. like the race. Yeah, or I've been known to do them back-to-back days if I wanted to do it bad enough. So yeah. just because now – for people listening, like that, that doesn't mean I'm fast by any means. In fact, I think some people that are fast would think you're nuts to do that kind of right. thing. But when you're running slow and you're running that conversational pace with your friends, yeah, well, you might as well go to a race and get a medal and a t-shirt and stuff. So yeah, and hang out. If, sure. if anybody's listening and wants me to do a race with them, just hit me up. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put your phone number in the show notes. Right so there we go. Good, good. I'm doing a race uh, on the moon. Do you want to go? Yes. So <laughs> I actually know there's some people who just a couple weekends ago did Chicago full and Boston full. Oh yeah. Back to back. Yeah. Days, which I, is, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Which is a big it's deal. It's such a weird thing. Like, you know, we, in your podcast episodes too, there's been a lot of talk about 2020 and 2021 and how weird these years have been for all of us as runners and, and as race directors. But there's some stuff that's been kind of cool Yeah, that probably won't ever happen again. Like that's doing true. Chicago and Boston in the same weekend. If you were lucky enough to be a part of that, like you're going to have some memories from that. Maybe your body didn't like it too much, right. but for the memories are going to be awesome. Um, like we all hope it all goes back to normal, but it's a pretty cool experience if you got a chance to be a part of it. Yeah, so. it's interesting the way something traumatic or something bad is what you remember in your life way more than something good, which is so so bad. It should be the other way around. Yeah. But like, ask me what I was doing in March of 2020. I can probably tell you because oh, yeah. it's right when we shut down. Yes. But ask me what I was doing in March of 2018, 2016. No I don't know. Mm-mm. Whatever. Yeah. I was just doing something. Yep. You have we no all idea. remember where we were the yeah. day that things started to get shut down. And yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy how you remember the bad stuff and it's too bad that that's the case, but yeah, lots of good memories though. We can, we can focus on too. Yeah. So let's talk about some good memories for you. Okay. Um, let's get into some race directing. So you are the race director for Metro way 5k correct? Yep. That's right. All right. And you got to have an actual in-person race for 2021. Yes. It was last summer. Yes. So what happened? How'd it go and how'd it come back from not being in person the year before? And what'd you guys do to get it back? Well, it was an interesting thing because, um, you know, we really didn't know whether we were going to be able to have a live race, you know, in a timely manner, right? Normally, for those of us that are race directors, like you pretty much start planning next year's race, like the week after you finish yeah. up with that year's race. So when you don't have a full year to plan, you sort of scramble to put things together or you're trying to plan, but now you're trying to think about what the possible COVID implications could be. Um, Metro way 5k is owned by and sponsored by, um, Metro Hospital, which is now University of Michigan Health West. So, of course, community health is critically important to them. So they wanted to be sure that they're doing everything they possibly can to be safe for their patients and their runners. So we kind of had to just, we were in a wait and see mode. And one of the things was we're going to cap it, you know, much smaller than we normally would to try to, you know, be able to social distance and all those things. So, um, but we ended up being able to have it. We had it outside. Um, for myself, as the race director, I took it over from another race director. Um, I shadowed him in 2019, and then 2020, I was supposed to take it over for him, but then 2020, we did not have a live event. We had a virtual event. Yep. So that was interesting, too, as a race director. You're like, what does a virtual event even mean? <laughs> I and know. And how are we going to do this and provide this to people? So... 
that was sort of making it up as you go along. And then, so then in 2020, 2021, that was my first chance to have that race as a live event. So um, I think it went really good. We did change the course completely from 2019 to 2021. Yeah. So that was interesting for me too. I was thinking I was just going to copy this course from this other right. race director. And they're like, no, we want to go a different direction. So I had to map the whole thing and, you know, change things around. And then you think about traffic patterns and all of that safety sure. first, of course. And so, but it really went good and it was well received. And I think people, it was, you know, one of the earlier, um, five K's around that was able to operate. And so yeah. people are so excited what and there's a family contingent to that too. What was um, the date of that race? July 16th. Okay. So it was good. It was really good to see people out in the smiles and yeah. just being together. And it was wonderful. Yeah. Everybody's so ready to get back outside and do things this, this summer. I mean, last summer we were doing it a little bit, but this summer 2021 was way more open and people really embraced the fact that they could get out and do things unrestricted. So I can definitely see where a summer race like that would be well received and people would really great. want to get out and do it. It was great. That's and cool. it's a unique event because it's actually on a Thursday night Oh, and the race starts at 6 30 PM. So that's interesting too, because as we know, there's a 5k every single weekend, yeah. Saturday and Sunday, all summer long in West Michigan. So for different things and, you know, different causes. So this is on a Thursday night. So it's kind of neat because you're not faced with five different races on a Saturday and you got to choose which one you're going to do. So right. it doesn't have a lot of competition in that way. Although in traditionally it's been very, very hot at that time. Yeah. So they used to do a 5k and a 10k and we opted to go with just a 5k this time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one of the easiest reasons is because we just didn't have a lot of registration for the 10k and it's just so hot so you know nobody's wanting to do really a long long distance at 6 30 p.m in july sure so um but we were still able to have like a wonderful 5k and there's also kids races which are cool oh so the ymca sponsors those so it's a family thing the kids can come out and run you know mom and dad can run the 5k people walk the 5k also so and a lot of it is on the m6 uh bike trail oh that's good so it's really nice if people come with strollers and things like that so So next year same location and kind of same setup coming up for 2022 um which is is that the ymca is that what you're talking about we um this year we started kind of by frog hollow park okay um and that was kind of cool because the bike trails right there and the parks yeah. right there. Um, so we did that. But in the past, we've had the start finish be at Granger Green, which is kind of in the front of Metro Hospital. All right. Beautiful green space area, you know, with landscaping and stuff. And I think we're talking about going back to that um, next year. Yeah. We really like that event space and it's just a wonderful spot. So cool. So when's. Uh registration and everything opening up for right that. so look for that at the probably the beginning of the year probably mid-january is when registration will open for that so, okay very yep. cool and we yeah. can put a link to that uh in the podcast too wonderful to. that's great yeah cool make it happen all right so did that one yeah and then you got on to your next race which was light point yeah so that's an interesting one too it's funny how my race director journey was so skewed by this whole 2020 stuff that happened yeah but the light point 5k um is a project of new holland brewing company yep so they approached us um kind of the end of 2019 about this new beer that they were going to do that's geared towards runners and outdoor and fitness enthusiasts um and it's 
it's just, it's designed to be drinkable when you're participating in these kind of things. And maybe for people who are watching their calories a little more, trying to make healthy choices, but they still want to be able to have a beer after they run. Yeah. So they were coming out with this new beer. The beer was going to launch in March of 2020. Oh. So they wanted to do a 5k race to kind of tie in with the launch of the beer. Right. So we planned this whole thing to happen at the end. It was supposed to be the last weekend in March of 2020. And, oh you know, rem- yeah. remember where That's you were. That's not good timing. <laughs> no, it was not good timing. We thought it was going to be great timing. It was going to be one week after the Irish jig. Oh, yeah. So we thought that was going to be cool. And I-, I remember exactly where I was when I got the phone call from the race director of the Irish jig that she was canceling hers. And I just knew that we weren't going to be able to pull yeah. it off. And so that was a first year event, right? So you're like, is it oh, even going to survive yeah. this Thing? Is it, are we going to be able to pull this off? Is anyone going to care about it when the world comes back to normal? Sure. So um, luckily, New Holland was committed to riding it out. So so fast forward 18 months before you actually put the race on, right? right? After yeah. 18 months, we finally were able to have a live event. The great thing is for us race directors, that's a lot of time to plan. So well, yeah. we thought of everything, <laughs> sure you know, you did. we had nothing to do except sit around and think about all the details. So I think we really put it together. Great. My co-race director, Andrew Bukema has a lot of experience as a yep. race director too. So between he and I, we both thought of a lot of things and had a good back and forth. And so I think it was a really good event. Um, just being the start finish at the Knickerbocker in now downtown Grand Rapids was a great spot for us. Yeah. Um, we got to have our after party in the beer garden. And oh, good. Yeah. So that was great. New Holland was really committed to putting on a good event and supporting their charity, which is my team triumph. Oh, okay. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So they wanted to do whatever it takes to like show the community, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We want to have a good event and we want to support this charity. Um, you know, with your race, you talk a lot about how your events are capped at certain numbers in order to make a good experience for the runners. Yeah, and I thought you capped late point. Is that we, true? Did. Okay, we did. We yeah. did, and kind of that piggybacking on that same reason. Like, and New Holland is very committed to that, too. Like, we want to have a lot of fun. We, we want to make a big splash, and we want definitely want to make a big donation to our charity partner, but they want to make sure that all the runners have a really good experience. And when you're running in downtown Grand Rapids and the streets are narrow and the beer garden is small, we wanted to be sure that everyone that came could have a really stellar yeah, race experience. Totally. So a cap is just part of that. But yeah. so then you talk about that. And then with everything going on, we did not um, sell out like we anticipated we would have. Oh. So when we were talking about it originally in March of 2020, it was going to sell out. I mean, yeah. the way the registrations were going, we were not going to have a problem selling out. But now people are sort of tiptoeing back into this stuff. So um, so hopefully in 2022, we'll sell it out. And again, we had a great event. I think it was very well received. So so 2022, what time of year are you shooting for for 2022 then? That's a great question. Um, this time when we finally had our live event, which was in August, yeah. after wanting it to be in March, right? Um, we have talked about it. We're, there's no official date picked yet, but we're looking at maybe mid-June. Oh, okay. Um, trying to be towards the beginning of the summer season with Light Point being a beer that is a summer beer. Right. We want to get that in front of people at the beginning of the summer so they can put that in their coolers all summer and take it out on the boat with them or, you know, have it chilling on hand for when you finish your run, that kind of stuff. Or golfing. Or golfing. Yeah. (laughs) That's great beer for for golf. We can talk about that too. But, um, so we're looking at June for that, hopefully, um, that all works out. June is a tricky month here in West Michigan for races, though. We have a lot of fun things going. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have Grand Rapids Triathlon 
Um, and you know, just a lot of fun things going on in our endurance community here. So you're right. You want to be able to be sure that people can be a part of it if they want to. And we want to be able to support each other as race directors and go to each other's events. So, yeah, well, I don't think it could be any busier than it is right now in the fall. I mean, it's just nuts right now. Oh yeah. Races. It's this, nuts right now. This fall is just crazy. Just I mean, because everything that was in the spring is now in the fall. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you know, you seeing race directors that can't get their t-shirts, can't get their medals, oh, can't yeah. get I couldn't get ambulances for my race. Oh my goodness. They were wow. too busy. I wow. mean, I had to get private yeah. nurses from the hospital that do my my medical. It's just yeah. crazy wow. stuff that you just don't even think of that wouldn't come through. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So for your listeners, show us a little grace if we run out of t shirts or medals because number one, we don't know how many people are gonna be comfortable enough to show up. Yeah. So we try to order and you know, traditionally you can have cutoffs and things like that where you order a certain quantity. But what we're finding is people wait until the last minute to sign up because in their defense, they want to be sure we're going to have the thing. Yeah, the, I totally get that. The last minute signups have been huge, huge. the last couple it's years. Been, yeah. But also the no-show rate. Sure. My no-show rate's been way bigger than normal. Oh, yeah. For people who either signed up way early because they wanted to get in or they just didn't feel comfortable coming. I don't really yeah. know why. But yeah, yeah. The, maybe the community health picture has sort of changed since yeah. they first signed up. Or we don't know. Maybe they're in quarantine or different things, you know. But yeah, that that happens. It's just, or maybe they were feeling comfortable when they signed up, and then now they're not for whatever reason. Yeah. So we're all trying to predict that and and not end up with a ton of like inventory of medals and t-shirts because frankly, that's your money we're using to buy that stuff, you guys, and we yeah. don't want to charge you too much. Right. Yeah. So like we don't exactly. want to overbuy and then have to build that into costs somewhere. So. Yeah. We're trying yeah. to do the best we can with our resources exactly. here. So and make big donations to charities because that's what we're all about. Oh heck so, yeah. Yeah. I had one last question about Light Point. Yeah. The actual beer you get at the end of the race. Does yeah. like so you walk do you walk in a beer garden and they just hand you one because you ran the race or how does that work? Well, um, yeah, we, we just had some cool coolers with ice cold light point and coolers. So those were easily accessible for those um runners that finished. And we also had the bar open in the beer garden. So if you don't happen to be a light point person but you like their stout, which is the poet, which I just love. I'm a stout girl. Yeah. Um then you could you know, go wait in line and you could get a poet okay. on draft that way too. So, okay. so, so you, of, you could drink any beer. You didn't have to drink Light Point if that was your Lots of beer jam. at the end of the race. Though. Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds so awesome. Good. And, you know, New Holland is wonderful. They put on this great after party with all this food. So you, as part of your race entry, you got this brunch that was included in your race entry. Yeah. And then if your loved ones came with you, they could purchase a ticket for $12. Oh, that's cool. So then, so here you are, you finish, you get your Light Point, and then they had all this food. And so it's great because... When you talk to these people that are planning parties and they're talking to us as runners, they're like, well, we know you guys are like health nuts. So we're going to have like some veggies and some hummus and some, and Andrew and I kind of looked at them like, yeah, don't forget about the pepperoni pinwheels though, guys. <laughs> Cause we like, you know, garbage yeah. food too. Well, especially after you've run. I mean, oh yeah, that's the time to put them, um, you know, carbs in your body and refuel. For sure. So. My sister and I used to have this thing. We would go and run a 5K every Saturday all around town because they're everywhere, right? Yeah. So we'd find some 5K to go do. And then we would just go pig out on brunch somewhere. Yeah. And we'd call it fatter days because <laughs> you'd run and you'd burn like 210 calories and then you'd go like eat 2,500. So yeah. that's oh, fun. Nice. I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, what else we got for you? So you helped... By the way, I should throw this out there before we get to your next race. You actually helped with Holland Haven Marathon in 2019. You I were on did. our staff. Yeah. You helped with our after party and yes. all of our merchandising and some of the food stuff. Yep. So if people people might remember if you were yeah. at, if they were at that event in 2019. That was the one year we had in the Civic Center. Yeah, and speaking that was of so cool. 
yeah, speaking of everything we had, uh, you had at Light Point, all the, the beer and the food, and we had that right. at the Civic Center, and that's what Holland Haven used to be, and I really want to get back to that, so I'm working towards that. Like, yeah, 2020, I hope you can, I hope you can. 2020 yeah. was a no way, and this year was kind yep. of a transition year, so definitely trying to get back to that point where you helped us a couple of years ago, so. yeah. Hopefully you learned from that. Well, I totally did. That was the thing. It's like in 2019, I kind of decided that I kind of wanted to put myself through race director school, I call it. Yeah. And I had always worked with Don, and he's a wonderful mentor, and I learned a ton from him. Um, that's Don Kern, the race director of the Grand Rapids Marathon, yeah. um, if people are familiar with him. and then, But I kind of wanted to see, okay, what else is going on in our community? Who else can I work with that has a lot of experience um, and who can I learn from? So you and I met and, and I was able to be on your staff and I learned a ton. And it's just wonderful to go from event to event and kind of pick up what you can and cross promote these kind of things and, and take the best things from Holland Haven and hopefully bring them to some other races in the community. Yeah. When so. you see the behind the scenes of some of the stuff, then you really can, you can really bring it on to another event. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. So Grand Rapids Marathon, you just mentioned. Yeah. And you, you also help with that one. I do. Yeah. So what are you doing on prep race day? Like what's your role there at that, at that race? Um, I, it's hard to define that, but I really think of myself as a support person for our staff. You mentioned your staff for, from Holland Haven. They're just wonderful people, and they just are super organized, and they have the heart for volunteerism. They just give it everything they have in order to make this event great um, for the community and for the runners. And the Grand Rapids Marathon staff is the same way. All these people are volunteers, and they're working all year long you know, in addition to having full-time jobs and right. families and being runners themselves, they just have a heart for it and for other runners. And so so I think of myself as a support person for them, and I just kind of try to stick my nose into each of their areas and say, okay, what do you need or how can I make your your area better? You know, do you need more supplies or can we? what can we do logistically to make it easier for you? Um, just trying to support them and facilitate those kind of things. That's what I do in the planning stages. Okay. And then I just also grill down with tons of, tons of questions. Like, <laughs> did you remember this? Have you done that? And you know, every once in a while he'll say to me like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, right? Yeah. Like, yes. But just in case I'm going to ask you, you know? Right. So, um, I mean, there's things cause one time we were sitting, it, um, he has this race called the groundhog day marathon, which is in February. Yeah. And one time we were sitting the night before the race and, just kind of like relaxing from the setup and having something to eat. And so I said, Oh, do you put the, did you put the, um, water jugs in the tent by the heater so they don't freeze overnight? Yeah. And he looks at me and he's like water. Oh, I'm like, yeah, the, the water jugs from Gordon water. And he's like, Oh no. So we had to figure out how to get water. Oh, from wow. Gordon Water, who's our sponsor, like at 9 p.m. the night before Holy the cow. race that's supposed to start at 8 in the morning. So that was interesting. Well, at least they weren't frozen, probably. Right. They were not <laughs> frozen, which was great. Another time we did a race, and um, we were setting up, and I was like, where's the banner for the start-finish? Like, oh, we're going to need that. So I had to drive back to Don's house and get that. Yeah. So it's those kind of things, too. I right. do a lot of that, like, little that's one of those things fires. where I'm just, I'm such a checklist person. Oh, I have yeah. so many checklists. Sure. And if you do the race year to year to year, it's yeah. almost the same checklist every year. Right. You can just pull it out again and say, hey, because there were so many things I wouldn't remember if I didn't have checklists, oh, but yeah. I would completely forget the for littlest sure. things. And if you forget something, it goes on the checklist for next year and then you never forget it again. Yeah, exactly. You know, because so. I, I even get, you know, I'm getting runner suggestions after Holland Haven's over and they're emailing me. 
and I'm going into my checklist for next year in August. I'm putting it on my August checklist. So I'm like, good. oh, somebody said we should do this for next year. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. It's already yeah. Now it's already on my August checklist for next year before the race. So I'll do it. And that feedback is gold, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought about you having Beth on your podcast is like listening to her. I was like, oh, this is great because it's the experience that – I always see things from a race director's perspective. Even when I'm running other races, I do that. Yeah, you think about it. You do. But then, like, to hear a runner talk about what they observed and what they appreciated, and then having that feedback from, you know, when you get emails from people that ran, even if it's a critique or a criticism, you know, we need to know these things. We want to yeah. make it better. We really do. And I can assure you that I know this about Eddie. I know this about myself and a lot of other race directors in this community. We really do want to put on the best race possible. And if we forget things, it certainly was not on purpose. Yeah. You talk about that one time when the um guys missed the turn because it wasn't marked or oh, this kind of man. stuff. It's like, oh, that's the worst feeling in the world to know that, you know, yeah. we could have we could have covered that for them and we just didn't. And I'm so sorry. And it happens. There's it a lot happens. going on, Yeah. but trust me, we are going to lose sleep over it over and over if we do something like that. So, cause we just yeah. want it to be so great for guys. Yeah, so totally. Yeah. All right. So quickly. Yeah. Grand Arrows Marathon. Yeah. So what are you doing on race day? It's 6am. Oh. It's 5am whenever yeah. you're up and where are you going? What are you doing? Well, um, this race day was my first opportunity to be, this was I was on site at five in the morning. That's the earliest I've been, ever been on site for a race um, because I wanted to help uh, Mike Zaitema and Scott Belland, who are two guys on our staff who are in charge of the relay portion of the event. Okay. So they were going up and setting up all the signs, all the markers, um, the cones for the shuttle buses and all the things that pertain to the marathon relay. And I just kind of wanted to know what their job was like and what they were doing and just get their input on things. I hadn't really ever followed them around. So that was a really, really good experience for me. It was different because I'm usually in start finish village all day. Yeah. And so that was a different perspective for me. And just to know what was going on out on the course at five in the morning in the pitch dark was great. So, um, so I did that and then I kind of just bop around from area to area and just check on people, just poke my head in packet pickup and see, Check on our um, staff people there and then our volunteers right. there. Is everybody cool? Do you need anything? Is there anything missing that could be on a truck somewhere? Yep. That kind of stuff. And then I go, you know, every area try to do that and greet people. Um, Grand Rapids Marathon has a really cool pace team program. Yeah. All of our pace teams are named after celebrities. Yeah. So they are whatever, like Kevin Hart ran a marathon in yep. such and such a pace. George Bush. Yeah. Lance so Armstrong. Yeah. So they're all yeah. named after those people and they're kind of... On that person's marathon pace. So that's kind of fun. Um, our pace team captain is Rick Ganzi, and he does a, he's from Holland. Yeah, I know He does Rick. a fantastic a job with the pace teams. So I popped my head into his meeting where he was going over stuff with the pacers, and they're all in there getting their, you know, their equipment on, and they're, they're getting their, they're taping their pace sheets to their arms so they know oh, what time, yeah, you course. know, they need to hit. Yeah. I've actually um, paced that race before. Oh, you have? Yes. I've been oh. a pacer there at the Lance oh, Armstrong awesome. Uh, half marathon group. Okay. This is, yeah. I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Uh-huh. And I actually got second in my age group in the race. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause the Lance cool. Armstrong is like the fastest group. Oh, I see. Yeah. And I what? Think... You're super old. <laughs> Just kidding. I think 
I want to say we ran our half in like a 129 or oh something. Oh, my goodness. That was like the fast group, yeah. Bro, I need to run with you. <laughs> I don't run that fast oh my anymore. Goodness. This was when I was That's a little awesome. bit younger, but yeah. yeah. So Rick does a fantastic job. Those people that pace that race, they're a breed unto themselves, and they're just a fun group and a, just yeah, a spirit group. I enjoyed group. doing it. It was great. If you ever see them, they're they're what I call the usual suspects. You'll see them at races all over town. You probably don't even know what their name is, but you're going to see their face over and over because they're just... They love this community. They love doing it. So he's in there and he's giving his speeches, warm up thing. And one thing that happened for us on race day this year is we added a 5K, 10K oh. from the run through the Rapids, which is usually on the Saturday before Grand Rapids Marathon. Yeah. So like the day before Grand Rapids Marathon. Yeah, yeah. We usually have a 5K, 10K run through the Rapids. Um, that is put on by the YMCA Service Club and it benefits Camp Manitoulin. Oh, well, good. you know, in this pandemic world, when you don't have very many people signing up for things and the overhead and the costs that are associated with putting on a race, they were going to cancel their race because they didn't have enough participants registered oh, yeah. to make it sort of financially viable to cover the cost. Sure, because you got to close the same roads, yes. different and, day, all that stuff. And all those yeah. things cost money. So they were going to cancel their race three weeks out. And Don came to their rescue and said, why don't you guys have your race on the same day as ours? Then we don't have to close the streets two days in a row. And so they were able to do that. Yeah, so you can double up on volunteers, right. aid stations, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so, so much sense. So it was wonderful, and it sort of saved this donation for these campers to go to Camp Manitoulin. So it's a wonderful thing that you know yeah. would not have been able to happen. They would have had to go virtual. And they oh, didn't yeah. have to do that because we put it on race day. Well... When you're only three weeks out and you do something like that, make a big change, there's a lot of logistical things that probably most people didn't notice, but yeah. we as race directors are like, oh shoot, we didn't think about the fact that now you've got 5K, 10K people running at a totally different pace, right. kind of in the way of one another with the marathon and half marathon folks. And where are they and what direction are they running in comparison to these longer distance runners? And another thing that we screwed up is that they had decided not to give medals to the 5K, 10K people oh, to no. um, for cost purposes. Oh, boy. So they didn't do that. But then here we are handing out medals to marathon and half marathon participants. So you finish the 5K, you run through the shoot, and you see all these medals, you but you get don't one. get one. Yeah. So that kind we of kind of screwed up on that one. We yeah. needed to... So we had some people who were not happy, and rightly so. So we made it up to them. We told them, you know, you're right. We should have done that. We should have thought of that. And we will mail you one. So we're going to take care of it. But oh, really? it's just one of those things that on race day, you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. You know, you don't that. want somebody walking away with a having a bad experience. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so. it sounds like you've got a lot of experience. You've you've really made it around uh, the last couple of years <laughs> learning. I really have. I really between, have. Between uh, helping with my race and then going through all the virtual stuff and the, and the shutdowns and then and uh, following Don around and, and then partnering with Andrew. Yeah. You've really gotten some mentors it's so great cool. we have a, such a great community of runners here in west michigan and we have a lot of great race directors yeah and they're really i say the race director school there really isn't such a thing we all are trying to learn from one another and by yeah. going to other races and running and volunteering so anytime you can do that and maybe bring it back for your runners i think it's a great thing yeah so. i think that's the key right there is and i would tell everybody who's a race director go run holland haven or go volunteer at holland haven because Eddie does a lot of cool stuff, and you're going to want to take back all those things to oh, your own thanks. Mix. So I mean it. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's just great. You do wonderful it's things. It's not like um, when you're in other professions where there's continuing education credits you can go do. Like, right. There's not such a thing as a race director's university. Right. You get these credits, or you go to this school, or you get these certifications. I mean, there is a certification you can get, but yeah. there's no these, there's not credits forever to like learn. So you just have to 
do your own. You have to, it's yeah, almost like sure. I always tell people like being a race director is almost like taking an online class at college. Like you do a lot of the work oh, sure. at home on your own, uh-huh. but you got to make your own syllabus and you got to follow it. Yeah. And you got a project due at the end of the semester. And it's your job to get this project done. That's a really good and way have it all done. putting it. Yeah. yeah that's it's almost really like taking an online it. class. Yep. Yep. So, And it's totally different race to race, right? Like we have different logistics based on where we are. I mean, like your courses being, you know, like where you have to bus people to the yeah. start and they're running into the finish. So it's one way. Um, your 8K is a loop, you know. So these are logistical things that are different. For, for race sure. to race, some races yeah. are loop, some are point to point, some are out and back. Um, you know, depending on what you can get as far as race closures, some cities don't want you to close the racer, those kind of things. Yeah, you know, yeah, road closures are a big deal for and a lot of cities. Sometimes you don't even know that you need a permit for something until someone shows up to ask you if you have a permit <laughs> for it, and you're like, I don't have a permit for that. Uh oh, yeah, that definitely <laughs> so, can happen. Uh huh. There's a lot of little hoops to jump through, and, and you don't know them until you until you dive into it, but. Sure. It's still a great job. I mean, it's a great job. Seeing people cross the finish line. It's the best. Getting people email you afterwards or they're glad about the pictures they got or any of the medal or it's just, it's fantastic. It is. It's great. I'm glad you're in it with me in the trenches, race directing in West Michigan because it's It's pretty cool. It's wonderful stuff. So then uh, I don't have anything going on for a while, which is cool, but I'm going to go run the um, Riverbank run this Saturday. Are you running it too? Well, this episode is airing after the Riverbank, oh. so you're talking in past tense now. Oops, we, I'm talking in past. That's okay. I have run the Riverbank run. It went great. <laughs> Thanks, <But> guys. <laughs> I, I no, I'm not. I have not participated in Riverbank this year, but I, I have in the past a few times. Okay. But yeah. Okay. But no, not this year. So uh, it's cool that's in, that's actually happening though, and it's I West Michigan races back yeah. on because yeah. that one got postponed, got canceled, all these things. So, and it's a right. big staple race of Grand Rapids and West Michigan. So it's well awesome said. that it's happened. Yes. Yeah, I love to see yeah, that. Yeah, and they have to be extra, extra careful because if they just, it's so big and there's so many runners yeah. and so many spectators and things. So um, but, I'm super excited I mean, that they have a live race. Boston too. could pull it off and Chicago yeah, could pull it sure. off. Grand Rapids isn't that big. That's They'll true. They'll pull it off. That's true. They got a lot of smart people down there. They'll, they'll make it happen. Great. Really well. Wonderful. Yeah. So... It was great having you on the show. I loved catching up with you and all the awesome stuff you've learned and all your running journey. It's just been cool to just chat a little bit and find out what's going on. So, And I love being able to bring some other races to light for our listeners that I don't know that much about and you obviously have firsthand knowledge of. So that was cool that people can find out some other stuff going on in West Michigan. So I really appreciate that aspect of it too. Thank you so much. When you asked me, I was like, oh, I'm so flattered to be asked. <laughs> Plus, I just think you and I could just sit around and talk for hours. Yeah. So if you need like eight hours of material, just give me a call. <laughs> yeah, I never thought you weren't a very good talker. So yeah. that's, that's for sure. Getting you got me to shut quality. up is the hard part. Yes. <laughs> i tell you what. We'll sign off, and then you'll have to shut up. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for being on the show, Mandy. So now you know that Mandy did, in fact, pig out on brunch after her 5Ks and called it Fatter Days, which is pretty awesome, I think. It was great having Mandy on the show. One other note about Mandy Kitchen, she did run Riverbank Run in this year, in the the 2021 run, and she finished uh, in – 2-24-30. So, Mandy, congratulations on finishing Riverbank Run this year. Uh, let's move on to some other quick things about Holland Haven Marathon. If you're looking for results from any year, especially 2021 if you just ran it, that's on our website. It's on our Run Sign Up page. It's on our Facebook page. And if you were a runner, you would have got an email link to it as well. So if you're looking for results, look in that area. Also for photos, 
We put all our photos on our run sign-up page, and they are free. They're downloadable. There's thousands of them out there. And runners, you can upload your own photos and share them with everyone. So if you have some photos you took of, of Holland Haven Marathon this year or last year, put them out there. I'd love to see them. Other runners would love to see them. That would be awesome to just share your photos too. Uh, merchandise. Our online store is open. It's on our run sign-up page, which is runsignup.com slash Holland. And there's a bunch of Holland Haven swag on there. If you want to get some more, any kind of shirt, hat, anything, including the 2021 race shirts, we still have more left over if you want some, and they're just 5 bucks. So if you're looking for a race shirt from this year, go ahead and pick one up on our run sign-up page. Another cool thing, we just released our 2021 highlight video. So it's been on our Facebook page. We posted it. We also have a YouTube channel. You can search Holland Haven Marathon on YouTube. Check out a highlight video. It's really cool. It's a great video. It's a couple minutes long. Shows a lot of the runners from Holland Haven Marathon, all the camaraderie, all the spectators, all the volunteers. Just a great thing to to really make you feel good about how the race went this year. And I think it's really awesome. Uh, 2022 registration is opening uh, in less than a month on Black Friday, November 26th. So if you're looking to register for next year, there's your date. It is going to be the lowest prices of the year, of course, because that's our opening numbers and full $85, half only $70 and 8K only $30. Now those prices are through the holiday weekend through Cyber Monday. So make sure you get in there on Black Friday weekend, get registered for next year and the race date next year. If you want to know, our race is always the Sunday after Labor Day. So if you're ever wondering, oh, what's the race date going to be next year, the year after, always the Sunday after Labor Day next year, it's going to be on September 11th, 2022. Uh, we'd love to have you subscribe to a couple things. This podcast, of course, and our YouTube channel. There's there's some great videos on our YouTube channel that we've had put up over the last couple of years. So subscribe to that. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's some cool stuff out there about the race. And also go to our website, go to our run sign-up page if you're looking for any information at any time for Holland Haven Marathon. Okay, finally today, I want to say we're coming up on Veterans Day, which is November 11th. And I think it's a pretty special holiday. So I want to talk a little bit about that. There are around 19 million veterans, according to the Department of Veterans Affairs, which means... You probably know a veteran. So seek out a veteran next Thursday on Veterans Day and simply acknowledge their service to our country. Who knows? You might hear a great story or make a new friend. That veteran will be honored to know you appreciate their service and their sacrifice. As a runner and a veteran myself, I am honored to be part of this community of those who have served our country. Military service and running have both had Enormous positive effects on my life. To all the veterans out there, thank you for your service, and happy Veterans Day. See you on race day in 2022.